Welcome to the British American Football Coaches Association podcast, a resource designed to support both British football coaches and coaches from around the world. This podcast features special guests discussing techniques, scheme, philosophies and culture for the sport of American football to help develop and grow the game worldwide. Now here's your host, Adam Lillis. Hello and welcome to the BAFCA Coaching Podcast. If you haven't already, check out the recent BAFCA clinics featuring Coach Vince Digitano and Coach Jeff Reinbold, which features some great content. Today's episode focuses on linebacker development, so let's listen in to Coach Anthony Cowgene. Hello and welcome to the BAFCA Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Adam Lillis. I'm joined today by the linebackers coach and special teams coordinator of the Asinus College Bears, Coach Anthony Calgene. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Uh, pleasure to have you on. So, first question I always like to ask is, um, for those listeners who might not know much about you, would you like to give us a bit of background about how you first got into football, how you then branched into coaching all the way up to the current date now with Absolutely. the Asinus Bears? For sure. So, uh, I mean, I played high school football in New Jersey, uh, which is, it, it's kind of a cult, especially in, in North Jersey, uh, played college football at Lafayette and growing up, you know, uh, I, I was obsessed with football. I'd watch some NFL on, on Sunday with my dad, maybe the first half, and then I'd go out in the back and throw the ball to myself, you know, up in the air and just run and go catch it. And so I always had dreams of playing in the NFL, um, was dying to go division one. I, I had the opportunity to go to Lafayette, uh, and really growing up, you know, my dad was a handyman. I used to spend summers working with him. And I, I have to say, I couldn't stand it. It was, you know, backbreaking work. And I came home, I was exhausted. Uh, during my sophomore year of college, uh, I actually got an internship with a congressman, you know, which really, really um, you know, distinguished and, and was really uh, an awesome uh, experience. Uh, but that's when I also kind of realized, you know, I hated working in an office too. Um, so that's when I really started thinking about, you know, could I make coaching football a reality? You know, I would spend all day in the office and the best part of my day was like going to my high school and helping out with my old high school team. So when I graduated, I couldn't picture myself not being around that brotherhood. You know, it's such a special game because of that. Uh, it's just, it, you're, you're working so hard with people and it's, it's just a different uh, experience than, you know, basketball or baseball or, you know, whatever other sports uh, people play out there. Uh, and as I've gotten further into coaching and, you know, it's, it's not the same, obviously, you know, when you're a player, you feel really, really tight with the guys around you that they're your brothers. You know, when you become a coach, you know, you're kind of either the older brother, or uncle, or like the father figure, um, but you still have that, that, that great uh, relationship and camaraderie with the coaches around you. So uh, I love that. Um, I, I really start to love the X's and O's and, and, and the chess match that, that football is, uh, especially the, the higher you get and all the crazier things you see. Um, so, uh, I just really fell in love with it uh, as, you know, the deeper and deeper I've gone into it. Um, but like I said, played at Lafayette. Um, when I graduated, I went back to my high school. Uh, my first year I was linebackers coach. Uh, and then my second year I was the defensive coordinator. Uh, and it's, you know, it's really funny to look back now uh, about 10 years later, you know, I didn't know anything that I was doing. I had no idea why we were setting the line one way or, you know, why certain coverages worked against certain things. You know, I had an idea because uh, I had played and seen it. Uh, but really didn't understand, you know, the inside and out and kind of what the, the offense was trying to do to us. Um, but I, I got to say, you know, one of the biggest things I learned there was working with our head coach, John Simino, who was my defensive coordinator in high school. Uh, he's done such a great job. You know, my high school was a small school, 
uh, not a very you know prestigious program, uh, but he's turned it into a perennial w- winner. And it was really with the culture and just treating people the right way. And uh, I got to, to learn that firsthand. So it was such a valuable experience for me. I moved on to be the running backs coach at Bethel University, uh, which is an NAI uh, college program down in Tennessee. Uh, I was around a bunch of great coaches, you know, really young, had a, had a bunch of energy, a uh, really, really talented roster. We, were, we probably had, you know, four or five guys on that roster that ended up getting uh, opportunities in the NFL. Um, from there, I went to Franklin and Marshall uh, for two years under uh, Coach Troxel, who's an amazing coach, inspirational leader. You know, couldn't say enough about him. He actually recruited me at Lafayette. Um, so he's, he's changed my life more than, you know, probably anybody but my parents. Um, while I was there, I w- worked under two different coordinators. And so I had two different defenses in two years, and I was really able to learn a lot about defense, uh, which is really valuable for me. From there, uh, I got a job at Ursinus, and I've been there the past five years. Um, our science has been really awesome. You know, when I first got there, it was, it was me and a young defensive coordinator, uh, Shane Eaches, who's gone on to Oklahoma State now. Um, but he was the first time uh, DC, again, really, really young. And me and him kind of, we mashed our brains together. And, um, you know, it was kind of a crash course for us. But uh, we learned what worked, what didn't work. And you know, we had some really great things on the board that were terrible on the field and all that. But um, it was an amazing experience and really had a lot to do with the coordinating of the defense and, and um, you know, creating the culture of the defensive side. Uh, after a few years, Coach Gallagher, our, our head coach at our sinus, gave me the opportunity to become a special teams coordinator, uh, which has been awesome. Uh, you know, just having that, that opportunity to see, you know, the, the stuff on the whiteboard turn into, you know, reality and again to see those chess pieces moving and, and all those different things. And, you know, it's been valuable for me to see, you know, when I first got the opportunity, I wanted to run everything. I wanted to have my handprints on everything. Um, but I'm sure, like many people, you know, you realize you have to delegate to your other coaches and lean on other people, lean on your players. Um, so uh, it's been awesome. It's, it's been a, a trip for sure. Uh, and I'm really excited about the future and just continue with this profession because it's one of those things, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, I could say I never worked a day in my life of getting to talk ball and, you know, be around guys working out and competing. And uh, again, just that, that brotherhood, that camaraderie where, you know, guys that graduated five years ago will still call me up when they're in town. Hey, coach, you want to grab some lunch or something like that? And it's just, it's little moments like that that are so, so special and make that, you know, this thing just so worthwhile. So uh, that's kind of been my, my background. Um, no, that's absolutely not. I just want to pick up on a point you said early on about how you progressed into coaching at high school. Mm-hmm. And when you look back now, you realize how little you kind of knew outside of, you know, you were a player that obviously played to a relatively good level and then you're in a coaching position, especially as a coordinator, um, realising that you don't know as much as you may think you've done. Mm-hmm. I, I find that quite interesting because I think a lot of coaches over here in the UK will find themselves in the same boat where they played, you know, adult football for 10, 15 years and they go into coaching and realise it's a completely different fish, so to speak. Um, mm. Do you have any advice on how you got around that as a young coach? Uh, I mean, one quote that I've heard a uh, hundred times over again, and I think it's so true is, you know, the kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, and just you know, getting to work with, you know, those linebackers my first year, I guess, you know, our head coach saw the way that they gravitated towards me. And, you know, we had a, a lot of chemistry together that, you know, everything else really didn't matter if I understood cover two, cover four, having this type of three by one check versus that three by one check. It was, you know, once those guys were ready to run through a wall for me and for each other and the guys around them, uh, I think that's the most important part. You know, the X's and O's are really 
secondary to the, the buy-in that you have from your guys. So I think that's probably the most important part. Absolutely. Um, and one of the other things I thought was interesting is um, you're a linebacker's coach now and you were you started off as a linebacker's coach and a defensive coordinator. But in between, you've coached running backs and you're now doing special teams. So mm-hmm. you seem to have had your finger in lots of different areas of football. Um, has that been a useful experience to be able to coach offense and special teams? Absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the things I, I still would like to do is be able to, to bounce back and forth and really dive into different positions. Um, one of the most valuable things for me is getting to coach running backs and understanding you know, what they're what they're reading, uh, what the pass protections mean, and uh, kind of how different plays are are set up. Uh, and it was like one of those things where, like, man, like I wish I would have known that as a player. Uh, and even you know, when I first got to Arsinus, I was actually the, the defensive line coach. So getting opportunity to to see, you know, the X and O's don't matter as much. The closer you get to the ball, uh, it's more technique driven and uh, you know, the, the energy and motor, uh, they, they can kind of be a little bit more disconnected from, you know, what's going on on the back end. And that was really valuable for me to like really hone my teaching uh, and my technique work. Um, so uh, I encourage anybody to, to bounce around as much as possible, learn as much as possible. And I said, I, I am very interested in continuing uh, to, to learn every single day. Sure. So today we're going to talk about um, linebackers, as you've uh, got a lot of experience in that area. Uh, before we get into that, do you have a, a coaching philosophy that you lean on um, regardless of what position you're coaching? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say, you know, my coaching philosophy, uh, I believe that there's a line that that represents the the way that we live our lives, um, kind of building off of Ohio State and uh, the Focus 3 guys, uh, the above the line principle. But you know, that line represents average. And, you know, I talk to our guys all the time about living a higher standard. You know, if the average person is on time, you know, we need to be earlier than that. The average student is raising their hand once in a class and we need to be raising it twice or three times. You know, it's pushing through that extra rep in the weight room and just carrying yourself with class and being respectful and gracious. Um, because I do think, you know, if you make above the line choices over and over and over again, you know, you're going to have better outcomes. And then you stack those positive outcomes on, e- on each other, you know, one on, on top of the other. You know, you're going to be successful uh, over a long period of time and be successful in life. Um, so I really think that we aren't just football coaches. Uh, I think coaches or football is like the lens that, that we get to teach life through. Uh, you know, I, I really do believe you know, we're life coaches, mentors, and guides. You know, as I said, uh, when I make these relationships, I don't want them to just be for four years. Uh, I want them to be for the 40 uh, that, that we always talk about. So uh, while I, I do like to talk about football, uh, I do think we're, we're teaching you know, more important things uh, in the grand scheme of things. And on the micro level, if you can get 11 guys that are, are living that higher standard, you know, and they're, they're, they're buying into what you're teaching, you know, you're going to be pretty good. And I don't care about you know, who the fastest is or who the strongest is. I care about who's the guy that I can trust the most and who's the guy that the other guys trust and who's accountable to their teammates. And, you know, you get all those guys buying in. I really believe that winning is a byproduct of your culture. So I'm really big on just preaching that, that culture. Um, you know, encouraging our guys to, to be leaders and, and volunteers in the community, be active in the community, uh, not just great athletes on, on the football field, but getting great grades in the classroom and um, really leaving their mark on, on our sinus and on society in general. So uh, that's kind of my, my overarching um, policy and, and, and culture. That's excellent. Um, right, so let's talk some defense now. Um, we're going to obviously talk about linebackers and some of the skills and drills that you like to, to run to develop them. But mm-hmm. before we get into linebackers, does 
assign us do anything in terms of team tackling like as a whole defense or do you do it more positional yeah so we'll start off uh definitely during camp and then you know it's probably as the season gets started maybe on tuesdays uh, we'll, we'll do a tackling circuit um so you know Every linebackers starting with me, then we send them off to the uh, the D line as the DBs come to me, and, and vice versa. Um, and usually we set up a, a couple you know, really simple drills. Um, we've bought into the, uh, the the rugby tackling stuff that uh, the Seahawks kind of brought to uh, America, at least. Um, so the one thing that we'll do is is basically we call it big lift. Uh, so we got guys that are, are in uh, their linebacker stance. We get another guy that's standing straight up with, with their arms out. Uh, that guy standing is going to take one step. He's going to jump up. And then our guys in the linebacker stance, we want to see them pop their hips, you know, bring their, their chest with them and, and get underneath them. Uh, we still tell them to, to grab cloth, and then we're going to drive for five. Uh, and we're not leading with our, our helmet or our face mask. We're leading with our shoulder. Um, so we'll carry them for about five yards and then put them down. Um, sometimes we'll also have like a, a crash pad there. and We'll tackle them onto the pad. Um, one of the other drills we'll do is we call it the buddy tackle. Uh, and it's basically a, a profile tackle with, you know, two, two on one. We're, we're both coming up. I'm going to put my right shoulder on this guy. My guy to, to my right is going to put his left shoulder on him. And we're just going to wrap. And again, we're, we're still emphasizing the, the, the drive for five. So we're going to just chop our feet and, and try to drive him back. Uh, and then the, the one that's probably, you know, the most, I wouldn't say unique, uh, but kind of like the newest in, in football circles is uh, we call it the bear roll. Uh, I know the Seahawks call it the hawk roll and everyone else is calling it, you know, the something roll. Uh, and that's that, that true rugby tackle where, you know, your, your, your front shoulder is behind your wrapping and rolling opposite of, of the way he's going. Um, so really that's, that, that's what we'll do. Um, we won't usually do that live with our guys uh we'll, we have like tackling rings that we can roll out there and, and dummies and stuff like that so uh, but we'll do that for about five minutes uh get those guys through that uh and then from there you know tackling for me at least you know two years ago we, we had a lot of missed tackles so this past year i went back and kind of looked at all right how can we get better at this and what i've done now is in my individual drill in which we probably have about you know maybe 30 to 40 minutes uh, depending on the day is we've incorporated tackling into every single thing we do from stance and start to, you know, our, our pass drops. So um, we're, we're constantly working on it either. If it's not the, the, the buddy tackle, it's a profile tackle, it's the, the, the bear roll. Um, so uh, they'll get a little bit in the turnover circuit and then we really grind it in during uh, the rest of practice. Uh, and presumably you, you see this come up on film that these tackling circuits are, actually being acted on in game day situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's funny, you know, the first time that we, we watched that, that uh, the drill tape from uh, Pete Carroll and we're like, we sat down as a staff, okay, we can teach this. And we had talked to other coaches about it and kind of got their, their take on it. Uh, and then we sat down and watched our own film. And really a lot of these tackles just happen naturally. You know, I can distinctly remember watching a D lineman you know, make a tackle on like an outside zone, grabbing the running back. And he just, he rolled tackled him. He didn't even realize what he was doing. So I, I do think they're probably a little bit more natural um, movements and um, just biomechanically. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think it's been really, really good. And you see it every single day, definitely on Sundays and Saturdays at the, the, the bigger level. Excellent. So linebackers. So just a scenario that you might have over in the UK is that you're, 
you do some recruitment, you're presented with a, a group of athletes. Um, mm-hmm. Some may have played football before, some may not have. If you have, were presented in that situation and you were the linebackers coach and you were tasked with evaluating all of these athletes to see which one of them could be um, a solid linebacker, coming, like, one that you could develop into a good linebacker, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you're looking for um, when evaluating it and how might you evaluate that? Absolutely. Um, so when looking at especially a, a good inside linebacker, uh, there's a couple things that I want to see. And I think first and foremost, the ability to run. Uh, today, with how much spread we're seeing in uh, the, the college level, uh, at least in, in our league, you know, teams are going to be able to run sideline to sideline, and we need someone that, that's able to cover that. Um, this is why, you know, when I'm looking at high school players, I really like bigger safeties or like a, a receiver that, that just has like a nasty streak to them. Um, there's so many times that I find, you know, the linebackers at the high school level are really going to end up moving forward and be being defensive ends. But uh, the next thing I look for is like some meanness. Uh, are they striking the ball carrier? Are they striking would-be tacklers? Or are they, you know, are they making contact at the chest and then dropping down to the ankles? Uh, I want to see someone that can unload on somebody uh, because, you know, the athletes and the O-linemen and, and everyone at the next level are, are only going to be more dynamic, more big or bigger and, and, and stronger. Um, so if, if they don't have that ability uh, at a lower level, they're not going to have it at the next level. Um, are they jumping around blocks or are they you know, just putting their arms out? Because, uh, again, I want to go see them just go in there and, again, have some meanness and some nastiness to them. Uh, and then the next thing I think I, which is really big for me is I want to see their instincts on, on the inside. Um, you know, what we see in high school and uh, America is, you know, so many guys are being blitzed into every tackle for loss they have or every sack and their, their highlight film, you know, while they have all these, these great, you know, tackles, I, I don't know if they know what's really going on. Um, I, I want to see some guy who's just, he's sitting there, he sees a guard step to his right. He's going to mirror his step. He's going to come downhill. He's going to make a, a great play. So I want to get a feel for if they just have those, those linebacker instincts. Cause you know, I really believe that linebacker, it's a mindset. It's not a position. Um, some of the things that I, I want to talk to their coach about, or you know, or find out more about them is you know, what's is what's their willingness to compete? Um, because again, linebacker is just uh, you 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 got to be able to to drop and be able to play a receiver. Sometimes you'll be asked to be playing man to man on a really athletic running back, but then you're also going to have to pound against uh, offensive linemen who might be double your size. Um, you have to be willing to compete all the time. Uh, they got to have a great work, work ethic. Uh, and then really, uh, again, for me, more uh, than, than maybe other coaches, you know, I want to see are they a leader um, and how, how tough they are. Um, and I need somebody who checks all the boxes if I'm going to have someone who's going to be a, a really dynamic linebacker. Um, in terms of an outside linebacker, uh, I need to get a feel for whether they're more of the, the blitzing rushing type or they uh, a coverage finesse guy. Because uh, we do have we, – we run a base – it's been a 4 2 five. We're moving more to a 4-3, uh, but we also have the ability to pay, play a 3-4. You know, for that pass dropper, uh, I want to see a guy who's throwing around receivers where, you know, that guy's uh, – the receiver's, you know, getting a, a vertical stem. He's pushing off his landmark and, and disrupting the route. Um, and someone who has good eyes and can eye up the routes and the quarterback, uh, you know, in our defense – we teach very, very simple pass drops, but then we start to teach what the offense is doing. And we want our guys to be able to understand that, all right, number two's going vertical. He has his eyes to one. What's one doing now? And then if he's breaking in, 
get a great break and possibly go either, you know, knock the head off that, that wide receiver or go intercept the ball, you know, break up the pass. Um, so, you know, we, we want someone who, with some football savvy, some, some football IQ. Uh, and then, you know, the ability to play man to man is a big plus for us. Um, but as I said, we, we've kind of, you know, we've had a four two five in the past where we've had safeties playing that, that kind of outside uh, linebacker position. Um, this upcoming year, we're going to have a more of a linebacker. So it'll be interesting to see um, how our, our man-to-man develops. Uh, and then for the rusher, you know, we're looking for someone who has some suddenness, uh, just some quick twitch that can out-athlete an offensive lineman, especially someone who's going to be uh, bigger than him. Uh, and we also want someone who either has a big frame or is like, you know, is still going to grow into that frame. Um, so our rush linebackers need the ability to put their hand on the ground for some of our four down stuff. Uh, Cause again, that's more of our base. Uh, but then uh, again, be able to have the athleticism and explosiveness to come off the edge uh, and make some great plays uh, in our three down where he's, he's blitzing a ton. So uh, those are the things that I, I look for, uh, for the most part. Sure. And I'm curious about the, the outside linebacker role. Do you tend to have, outside linebackers that are one or the other or is it what I mean is is it rare to find someone who can do all of it uh and if so do you just is it just a case of game management or putting certain players in the right place to be successful yeah absolutely I mean uh for us we, we haven't had the the guy that can really do both at, at a very high level um so for the most part you know we'll put that that rush guy more into the boundary and that, that more athletic guy to the field. Um, we have had, we've been in positions where we're able to, to sub to that. Um, but then, you know, once one injury happens or something like that, we've, we've gotten away from it. So um, we haven't been lucky enough to, to, to have those guys. Uh, I'm sure they're out there. Uh, so if they're listening, come to our sinus. <laughs> That's great. Um, so you've talked about some of the maybe evaluation um, elements of a linebacker and you touched on some of the skills that you'd want to see before they come into the program what maybe we could elaborate on that some more in terms of the skills you want to develop once they're in your program and do you have sort of everyday drills that you work on to, to focus on that yeah absolutely um, so as far as everyday drills you know there's a few things that I need to do every single day um, regardless of what time of the year it is or you know who we're playing um, so the first thing I, I always do is stance and start. Um, then we'll do a shuffle alley press series, block destruction, some sort of redrill, something working pass drops, and then a, a pass progression. So uh, really, like those are the things that I feel like I, I need to hit every day. Um, for our stance and start, we usually start in the shoots, um, just trying to teach them you know good body position. You know, so many guys want to stand either straight up or uh, they're bending at the hips and, and bringing their chest too low rather than bending at the knees. Um, so what we'll do is start two lines in the shoot facing me. Uh, and then I have two lines behind me and, and I get those guys in front of me in great stances. Uh, and then they mirror my step. Uh, we read guards at our sinus. Uh, so they're reading me like I'm a guard. So if I take a step to the right, uh, we teach these, what we call millimeter read steps. So it's not a big six inch read step. It's tap, 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 uh, one way or tap, tap, tap the other. Um, so I'll give them, you know, zone steps, counter steps, uh, fast flow. And I want to see them read me and then react, come downhill and make a form tackle on the, that line of guys behind me. So uh, as I said, I've gotten to the point where we're making a tackle or turnover after every single block uh, or some sort of block destruction and then a tackle. Uh, so that's how we start every single day with that stance to start. 
just building that muscle memory. Our shuffle alley press series, uh, we start about five yards apart. Uh, we have a line of rabbits uh, that will run and jog, the walk, uh, and then we have a, a line of linebackers that are following that backside hip. They're in a shuffle. You know, once you, they start to break your shuffle with speed, you got to get into a, a crossover run. Once he slows back down, now we got to learn how to transition back. So just working on that transition and not allowing that, that running back to cross our face. We always want to stay on that back hip. I tell those guys all the time, if a running back is crossing your face, especially multiple times, it's probably because he's cutting back on you and now you're about to make his highlight because he's going to cut back and make a really, really big play. Uh, but we're always concentrating on that transition uh, from that shuffle crossover back to like hiding our feet to, you know, that, that, those millimeter steps. Uh, and then again, we finish with that, that rugby tackle. Uh, and we'll do this in a couple different ways. Uh, we'll do it at a couple different speeds. Sometimes I'll grab a bag and be a blocker. And, you know, if I come up really aggressively, you know, they got to come underneath and go make the play. Or if I, I'm a little bit slower, they got to do some sort of block destruction over the top and, and then still uh, pursue the, uh, the, the ball carrier. So we'll work that. Uh, we'll, we'll bring it down to a, a sideline tackle, um, and we'll, we'll just, uh, again, continue to, to work on um, staying in that, that, that back hip uh, and some tackling. Block destruction-wise, um, we'll change this depending on the day and, and kind of what we need to work on. Uh, we do a lot of what we call bench-pull rip. Uh, I've heard other people call it push-pull, but just you know the, the thumbs up, elbows in tight, punching the, the guy in front of you, controlling his chest plate, getting a little extension, finding the ball carry, and then ripping him to one side or the other, and then completely disengaging him. Uh, that's probably what we do 60% of the time. Uh, in the past, I've done so many different, you know, hand fighting drills and uh, like different block destruction circuits. But then, you know, 90% of the time in the game, what I find the guys doing is a, a bench pull rip. So uh, we've gotten away from doing some of the other stuff, but uh, we'll do what I call open block destruction circuit where they have a little bit of space to work with. Um, they're about five yards away, one line of linebackers, one line of uh, like guards. And so those guards will either take uh, like zone steps or like a, like a double team scoop step uh, outside zone steps. And based off of that, we're, we're going to do different block destruction uh, techniques. So one we call an up and under. So we're going to push that guy over the top and then we're going to come back underneath them club and hop where we're, we're going to use our forearm as a weapon and, really club that guy, hop over the top, get our hips through, and then square back up, uh, chop, dip, and rip, where I'm taking my arm, chopping his arms down, going to dip my shoulder, and then rip up through. Um, so that, that's most of uh, the, the open block destruction circuit. We'll also do some closed block destruction circuit where they're already tied up. They're in a defeated position. Uh, and this is more of like the D-line hand fighting drills uh, where, you know, if he's got high hand position on your shoulder pads, you're going to raise him up. We call that the bear raise. Uh, if he's got low hand position on you, you're going to chop, dip, and rip him. Uh, you can inside scissor him where you're going to take both, both of your wrists and uh, scissor the inside of, of his wrist just to, to get him off you. Uh, we'll also do what we call push-pull where you know, you're going to push the far shoulder, you're going to pull the near shoulder, and you're going to turn his shoulder pad so you can fight over the top. Um, but as I said, we've gotten away from more of those, uh, those circuits just because of how much our guys use the, the bench-pull rip. Uh, and then some days, especially later on in the week during the season, you know, that's when we're working some of our, our blitz moves, uh, working rush lanes, um, working you know, basically a blitz circuit uh, where they're, they're running up, uh, approaching. We'll use a goal post or if you have a stationary dummy and they want to pop their hips uh, and become completely parallel to the line or whatever line they're running down and then pop them back 
uh, like they you know, got past the man and now they got to go run towards the quarterback. Uh, and then we'll work some other things. Uh, I've taught side scissor where, again, we're taking our wrists and like a, a windshield wiper, we want to wipe away either the offensive tackle uh, or a guard if we're, we're blitzing on the inside, uh, wipe away their hands. Um, we'll use, again, chop, dip, and rip, uh, just a, a true speed rush with a, a rip uh, ripping up by our ear. Um, so those are some of the things we do. Uh, when we teach uh, one-on-ones or blitz moves against the back, it's more, you know, I think we have the, the leverage advantage and the power advantage over most, most running backs that, that we see. Um, so I'm teaching more power moves. So if we're working on finesse moves against the offensive line, uh, now we're going to go in with, you know, we're just going to go try to speed, speed bull rush. And then you're going to turn that bull rush into a bull and pull. Once he starts leaning on you, you're going to, you know, pull the, the rug out from under him and, and throw him on the ground. So, um, and as I said, th- these things change every day, but 60% of the time we're, we're doing the bench pull rip. Uh, next thing that we'll always do is our redrill. Uh, line up two guards, uh, two backs, and two linebackers. And as I said, the linebackers are reading guards. Uh, as they, they get better uh, and progress, I want them to be able to see from the guard to the back and get a feel for you know, the, the flow side scheme, the flow. Um, so I'll start them off looking at the back. They're going to mirror – or uh, looking at the guard. They're mirroring that guard step, and then they're going to react to wherever the back goes. Um, so, again, we'll do inside zone, outside zone. We'll have, you know, the guards be pullers, and, and they'll have to call out pulls to each other. Uh, and I think that's a really, really valuable uh, learning tool for them. Uh, I do like to mimic a, a game situation. Uh, with our, our indie, so I want something that's really high tempo, like they're on the field, and then I want to slow it down a little bit so uh, they get the feel for being off the, the sideline um, so their body can get used to the highs and lows of a game and being ready to, to gear it up and then being ready to, to settle it back down. Um, so that's, that's more of a, a reading thing, slowing it down. Um, but, again, we're putting it all together. So uh, if I'm the linebacker, I'm reading that inside zone. I'm going to come down on that guard. I'm going to use the block destruction that I just worked on, that, that bench pull rip. I'm going to disengage him, and then I'm going to go make a tackle on that running back. Uh, again, just reinforcing uh, what we've been learning and what we've been doing over and over and over again. Um, so that's probably my favorite read drill. Um, we've done some others in the past, but that's the one that I'm doing probably 95% of the time now. Um, as far as pass drops, uh, I do think it's it's important just to get those guys dropping um, because – uh, so many times I've seen, especially, you know, if you do have some, some converted safeties, you know, the linebackers, they want to drop deeper than, than the, the safeties uh, when they're out there. So I've uh, got to teach them to kind of tempo it, get an understanding of, of where they got to, where they got to drop to. Uh, one of my favorite drills uh, that we run, I call it King of the Hill. It was kind of inspired by the old temple staff. They're now at Georgia tech. Uh, they were always talking about competing in every single drill that they do. And I'm like, you know, how, how can I do that? And, and how can, I make our guys constantly compete because now we're only going to get better um, even just taking these, these little drills. So I, I'll no longer just like have a linebacker up and, and drop them to, to one side. What I do is I, I'll have uh, two linebackers up. They're probably about five yards from each other. I'm in the middle, maybe about you know, four or five yards in front of them. And then there's a cone you know, directly in between them about 14 yards back. If I give them a run read, I'm pulling that ball forward and they got to run forward and it's a, a race to tag me on the hip. Uh, if I drop them, they're both dropping back to that cone. I'm either going to throw a bullet pass or a jump ball, but I want to see these guys not only drop, but now they got to fight for the ball. Uh, if you know one guy catches it and the other guy doesn't, the guy who didn't catch it has to has to do some push-ups or something like that. So again, uh, we're we're really working on competing there while working on on our pass drops. 
And then the last thing I do every single day is what I call pass progression. Uh, this is where I line the linebackers up. I give them kind of skeleton formation with receivers, tight ends, running backs. Uh, then I give them an offensive concept. Uh, and I, I want to see the linebackers get to their responsibilities. So, you know, uh, the thing, like I mentioned before, that I love about our defense is our pass drops are very similar. You know, even if it's changing for the, the DBs and corners, uh, and it's really different, you know, it's, it's very, very similar for our linebackers. They have very similar drops. They just need to know, once they understand their drop, uh, how the, the offensive progression is, is, is panning out. So, you know, our middle hole player knows that he's the quote-unquote final three. Our overhang knows that he's going to be the final two. So he's hanging on two until one breaks in and becomes a new number two. Uh, so, as I said, I want those guys to see those, those plays, you know, work themselves out before we get to scale your team. So, uh, as I said, we'll, we'll line up and we'll work that. We'll do a bunch of, you know, maybe the, the top couple uh, pass concepts that we're going to see that week uh, against our, you know, maybe top three defenses. Or if there's something that's really confusing with our three-by-one check that kind of puts us a, a, in a weird spot, we'll, we'll go over that. So, uh, again, pass progression can be a fast drill uh, if our, our guys know what we're doing and we're really moving. Uh, but there's definitely times that I'm slowing that one down too uh, because we did just uh, really compete hard in, in King of the Hill. So those are kinds of, you know, kind of things that I do every single day and, and the things that I think are really important uh, to be a good, well-rounded linebacker. That's excellent, Coach. And some of the things I was picking up as you were working through the skills there was you called some of your, your drills the such-and-such such bear drill because obviously you're the assigners bears but what i was picking up was um consistent terminology throughout and i presume and correct me if i'm wrong that that terminology is used with other defensive positional coaches so that if there's no extra learning whether it's the defensive backs coming in or the defensive line you're all doing the same thing Uh, is that Uh, fair absolutely Uh, i think it's funny that you bring this up because i was actually thinking about this this past weekend now our offense calls their formations differently than our defense does. And I just, it'll similar to what you're saying. I think it's really important for one side of the ball to be able to communicate to the other side, the same way that it's important for a linebacker to be able to communicate with a, a D lineman or a DB and vice versa with the coaches that I can go up to, you know, our strong safety and be like, Hey, you need to use this type of technique here and this type of technique here. And those guys understand it rather than having, you know, differing uh, uh, colloquialisms or whatever you're calling it, whatever. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a really, really important part of, again, building the culture, too, of your defense. Excellent. Um, so, moving on, uh, you mentioned that last season you were more of a 4-2-5 defense. Um, if we're thinking about last season in particular, was there a particular defensive play that, you as a linebackers coach got really excited about when it was called. Uh, and why is that? And perhaps you can break that play down to a, um, down for us and uh, about the linebacker play. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think probably my favorite play is uh, our robber concept uh, that, that we're running. Um, I know a lot of teams are, you know, running quarters and you know, what they call palms technique. Um, so we've taken the, the same concept where we're splitting the field in half um, so you have the, the boundary side and the field side, and we can run whatever concepts we want to those sides. And kind of what we found you know, over the course of the past few years, you know, RPO is obviously blowing up uh, in college football uh, and, and definitely in our league. And it's easy for, for 
the quarterbacks to figure it out because they're seeing the same defenses every week. They're seeing, you know, that, that soft two quarters, whatever read, whatever you want to call it. So we've ran that in the past. Um, but what we wanted to do is kind of mess with the, the quarterback's reads. So we, we have our, our robber call. Um, we'll have a couple different calls to, to each side. Um, so uh, to kind of paint a picture for you, um, if we have a, a single receiver to the boundary, we'll, we'll call what we call dude. All right. And the concept is, you know, the, the corner needs to be a dude. He's going to play him press man to man. He's got him everywhere he goes. The safety to that side is going to be, he's two out. Or if there's no two out, he's robbing number one. Um, so again, this is really, really good against, um, you know, RPO teams. Uh, he's able to just, the, the, the safety on that, that hash is able to just sit there, read what, what, what's going on, either help out on number one, uh, get a late number two, because again, we're, we're always going to have this guy to the boundary, so there's not a lot of space uh, to, to run a, a crazy route over there. Or he's getting into the run fit. On the other side, we're running what we call our, our crook concept. So our corner is going to be deep half. Uh, we're playing him in that, that read position. So, again, we, we do run read, and this is kind of our changeup. So he's starting off in that, that read position, so we're giving that, that same look to the, the quarterback. But that corner is going to drop to deep half. Uh, and we teach those guys they're leaning heavy on two, like 60 to 70% on number two, uh, but they still got to be able to, to baseball turn and pinwheel out and, and run to number one if run, one's going vertical. Um, the overhang to that position is going to take two to the flat. Uh, so what you see in a lot of that, that read or, or soft quarters coverage is the corners waiting on that, that number two to go out. And again, you know, quarterbacks are seeing this week after week after week. And it's so soft that a lot of times if that guy's that, that number two is running and out, he can just sit back there and throw it complete, even though it, you know, on the board, you have it covered just because that corner is being soft and, and holding off the vertical of number one coming off late. Um, so it's just a way to kind of manipulate that, that flat player um, with our overhang. And then our hash safety is we tell him he's reading the mesh point. If it's run, you're going to go in there and reckless abandon like you're the alley player. Uh, if it's RPO, you kind of want to be like driving number two, late, like late slant of number two to rob number one. Um, and then if, if it's just straight drop back, we say that he trail, he's trail vertical on number two. So we'll have the, the corner deep over one and two uh, with a little extra help uh, on, on number two from that, that, that safety uh, because of um, we think that, that, that vertical pass to number two is a way easier pass for a quarterback uh, than that, that one to number one. And there's not too many guys, especially in our league, you know, maybe it changes the further you get up, get up and the more talented the quarterbacks are. But not a lot of guys have the arm strength to throw that, you know, 15 to 20-yard ball um, that's really, you know, if it's on a hash, could potentially be a 50-yard pass for, you know, a 15-yard game. Um, so I love that concept. And, again, for our linebackers, it's the same exact coverage for them as in Reed, as in, you know, a hard cover two, I'm trying not to say our, our concepts, but, you know, what, what other people would understand. So, um, you know, again, our Mike is always going to be final three. He's always going to know where that final three is going. Uh, same thing with uh, our overhangs. They always know, all right, I'm the final number two. I need to know where number two is going to end up. So, um, as I said, I, I love that after basically like the second day of camp and, and, and teaching our guys defense, I can start teaching offense. And 
all right, you see two going vertical, one coming underneath. Now you know it's snag. You can go, you can go attack that route right now. So it's really easy teaching for the linebackers, um, but it gives such a different look for offensive coordinators up in the box for the quarterback. Um, and I mean, how can you you argue with you know potentially nine man run fit, or you know just uh, getting the most guys involved in the run as possible and being pretty sound against four verticals or any of those deep passes. So uh, that's probably my, my favorite, favorite thing that we're running right now. Um, you know, who knows uh, what it'll be this year, but I, I found that to be really, really effective. And we've had the safeties that can just, you know, they, they can play man to man. They can run the alley and make some tackles. So uh, we've been really lucky to have those guys. Excellent. Um, so we're coming to the end. We're going to start wrapping this up. Just one last question. You said that you've started to take on special teams responsibilities. I'm just interested in what the balance in workload is like for you in terms of having your own position of coach. And now you're taking on coordinating responsibilities. And is there any advice for the coaches over here that most likely will be coordinating special teams along with uh, a position itself? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely kind of crazy. Um, and there's there's times that it, it seems like a lot. There's a lot of times that um, you can feel overwhelmed and, and being pulled in a couple different directions. Uh, I think the the most important thing is just being prepared. Uh, there's times that you know I, I know what the workload is going to be like for you know, being the linebacker coach and helping out on a defense, uh, and obviously you know, being around it enough and, and doing it enough. I also know the workload for the special teams. So it's it's one of those things that. You know, sometimes in the meetings that, you know, I'm going to go sit down with the head coach and some of the other staff and we're going to talk about special teams. You know, I'm going in there with my plan already done, the, the scouting report almost finished, and I'm going to be able to tweak some things and, um, and change some things based on, you know, everybody's input. But I'm also ready and prepared. And once we get the thumbs up, I'm able to, to put that stuff behind me, uh, get it all wrapped up. So now I can be the defensive coach and the linebackers coach. So I just say, you know, always be prepared, you know, be, uh, there's no like sitting around and, and waiting to, to figure it out later. It's all right. You, you got to be excited and passionate about it and uh, have some ideas and, and just get it done. Excellent coach. Thank you for that. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, uh, to share some knowledge with us. I know you've got a staff meeting coming up soon, um, but just, I'd like to give the opportunity for coaches to share their social media handles or any other details um, in case listeners want to get a hold of you to discuss further. Um, would you like to do that now? Yeah, absolutely. And again, thank you for having me. Uh, I always love growing our great game and uh, love to see it overseas. Um, but my handle, uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, Instagram. I'm actually on TikTok and all this other stuff nowadays uh, at Coach Cage. Uh, and it's K, uh, K in Cage. Um, so, yeah, if you guys ever have any questions or comments, definitely uh, shoot me a DM. Uh, I'm always open uh, to talking ball and uh, networking. So uh, I love that about this, this profession and this sport. Excellent. Thank you, Coach. I'll let you get on. Uh, best of luck for the 2020 season. Stay safe and hopefully we'll get you over to the UK soon. Absolutely. Thank you very much. You too. Thank you again to Coach Calgene for taking the time to speak to us. Keep an eye on BAFCA announcements for future clinics and presentations and tune in next time for another BAFCA coaching podcast episode.